0: crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is actually episode 97. I'm Abby. I'm Kate. And we'll be your ghostesses. Did we lie in the last one? Yes, I said it was 97. It was 96. I had a bit of a brain fart, I think.
1: If you guys didn't catch that, you're out of the group.
0: Um, If you caught it, then you're better than I am. Smarter, more skilled, better at thinking. Stronger. (laughs) More (laughs) (laughs) alpha. What
1: are you talking about today, Kate? This week, I'll be talking about brownies, not the edible kind. Oh, delicious. No, no. I had preempted that you would say that. Well, yeah. What will you be telling me I'm talking
0: about the Banshee, which (gasps) was a listener request from a little while ago. So hopefully you still listen and (laughs) you will enjoy this. (laughs) Fingers crossed you didn't think we were the worst. But first of all, uh, two things. We've got the news. You want to do that first? What's the other thing? The other thing is I want to remind you, if you haven't listened to our last episode, or if you're forgetful, to head on over to MythsMagicAndMirror.com forward slash 100, and you can take part in episode 100, send us some Q&As, send us some dares, and send us some Potentially nice messages. If you send me a threat, I will find you.
1: Yeah, I think I'll do the news first, and then you can talk about that. Oh yeah, good idea. <laughs> so this week's news comes from Live Science, Live Science, we have no idea, dot com. It's believed that there's a human ancestor not too dissimilar from a hobbit between 700,000 years ago and 60,000 years ago. There's some proof that an early human was wandering around Flores, which is now known as Indonesia. They're only three and a half foot tall, or around 106 centimetres, and they have big feet but small brains. Me too. However, the interesting bit is that one anthropologist, Gregory Forth, thinks they may still be alive and kicking. Since 1984, Gregory's been doing fieldwork on the island and has heard many local stories of hairy little human-like creatures in the forest, which he believes could be this early human. Obviously, a lot of people are sceptical, because the island has around 2 million people living on it, so surely it would be, like, a bigger, more widely discussed thing if this early human was just roaming around the forest? Unless you didn't see it. True. This hasn't stopped Gregory, though. He's compiled multiple reports of seeing this hobbit, one of whom claims to have disposed of the corpse of one of these creatures. Ooh saying that it was kind of monkey-like, kind of not. It had like a little stub of a tail, Okay. but not a full tail. If you want to know more about it, then you should definitely check out his book Between Ape and Human, An Anthropologist on the Trail of a Hidden Humanoid.
0: Interesting. I think it's so fascinating that there are different, or there were different species of human that just don't exist anymore. Right. Different flavours of human. Amazing flavours. <laughs> Wonderful. Different scents. Crazy. Why was scents the one that you went with? You know, like candles. Oh, we got, uh, strawberry. Cucumber. Strawberry human is
1: definitely Bigfoot. Changed my mind.
0: What does that mean?
1: You don't think it's right?
0: No, I would say Bigfoot is like a musk.
1: Yeah, no, I'm saying if I sniffed Bigfoot, it would be like a musk. But if I was going to, like, make a Bigfoot candle in, like, their shape, strawberry.
0: I think that Bigfoot... Would potentially use a, a fresh shampoo.
1: Yeah, I think Bigfoot would use a three-in-one. You do? Yeah. No, I think Bigfoot conditions and combs. I think Bigfoot's uncultured.
0: A three-in-one.
1: And in, maybe does even Bigfoot like
0: a, have a facial cleanser? Like a five-in-one? No. Five-in-one?
1: No facial what is, cleanser. What even is the five? Beard, head, body, feet, fe- feet, and exfoliate in one, all over. What is a
0: three-in-one? A conditioner, a shampoo, and a body wash. (laughs) This is why I'm confused why you're saying feet. (laughs) So today I'm talking a little bit about what Banshee is. You might have heard of them, but do you know what they actually are? Some kind of yelling spirit. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's the episode. Thank you. (laughs) So my sources are Wikipedia, Irish Post, New World Encyclopedia, CelticWeddingRings.com, I know, but it was really actually helpful. Um, And claddadesign.com. So the story of the Banshee originates from Irish folklore. And this is actually wild to think about, but stories of the Banshee have actually been traced back as early as the 8th century. Wow. Wow. With the word Banshee. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Meaning woman of the fairy mound or fairy woman. Also, please excuse my accent. When I say fairy, I mean spelt like Tinkerbell, not like wolf costume fairy. You know what I'm trying to say. You're
1: pretty good at it today. Uh,
0: Normally it comes across as furry. I'm trying to get better at pronouncing it, but in my head there is no difference when I say it. Big difference. Big difference between fairies and furries. Yeah, anyway. So it's thought that the first stories of the Banshee were based on a tradition where women would sing a sad song and wail to mourn somebody. In Ireland and parts of Scotland, a traditional part of mourning is the keening woman. So this woman would wail and weep, and in some cases she would be a professional who was hired for this purpose of, like, weeping, singing, sad song. Oh my god, I'm changing job. The best keeners will be paid well to attend funerals. And the tradition originated from what it seems like, because it was thought that the more people who came to your funeral and mourned, the better you were, basically. It still is, right? Like, you would look better. Yeah. So if you were so great, loads of people would show up and weep. So they would pay a woman to just come and, like, hysterically weep at your funeral.
1: Oh, my God. Guys, if anyone needs that, I am available for bookings. I want you all to do
0: this at my funeral, also. Everyone throw
1: yourselves on the coffin.
0: Ooh. And cry. Scream. Scream. Yeah. You're a drama queen. I am. There are a few different ideas of how this tradition came to be and how it was linked with this banshee sort of spirit concept. But one idea is that it was thought that the greatest and most powerful people would have a fairy woman appear to keen at the grave. Because, you know, fairies are better singers than regular human people. Also, it's way cooler to have a fairy
1: at your funeral than it is just a normal, average person.
0: Right? And over time, they became known as banshees. Another idea is that many of the professional keeners were paid in alcohol, or they were happy to accept that as a payment, so it's proposed that this means that they were sinners and doomed to become banshees, or quite possibly these women just ended up becoming elderly alcoholic women, who were then banished from the towns, and then that kind of supported the idea of how they became, how they decided to present themselves, I suppose, which I'll explain in just a minute. So there's also the idea that the Banshee was once a happy and ordinary woman until great sorrow overcome her, and she became a haggard old woman. It's happened to the best of us, Han. Huh? Either way, this tradition gradually became singing to warn of death within folklore, mm-hmm. as opposed to just singing of funerals. So the Banshee is thought to roam the countryside and wails when she predicts somebody is going to die. It's important to know that although these spirits are a bit scary, they don't actually cause death, they just warn of it. Which is nice, I suppose. It's good to have a heads up. Well, exactly. I mean, besides, like, the overwhelming dread you feel when you hear her wail, you know. Does that mean that The Woman in Black could be considered a banshee? I have not read or watched it. Wow. I have no knowledge of what that movie's about. Interesting. book. I've consumed none of it. Wow. Well, I was gonna watch it, and then I didn't. Well, bit of a spoiler now. She's a bit scary, and death follows. Oh, yeah. maybe then, yeah, potentially. So, the Banshee can appear in several different ways, from a pale, young, and beautiful woman to an old, scary hag. Very relatable. Regardless <laughs> of the form she takes, it's said that a Banshee is usually dressed in white or a grey cloak with very long hair, and her hair is usually red or like white or grey, depending on the age she's portraying. Depending on what she's dyed it. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> suggest that if you see her... She might be combing her hair. Cool. Or she might be tearing it out of her head in agony. Oh my god, look. There's two moods for every woman. Yeah. (laughs) Some people will refuse to pick up a comb they see lying on the ground because they're scared that a banshee might come and take you away because it's hair comb. Because they're scared that there's nits. It's also thought that she has a green dress and has red eyes from eternal weeping. There are many different recordings of her height, with some people suggesting that the banshee is unnaturally tall However, one first-hand account by a lady named Lady Fanshaw, so I'm going to just kind of paraphrase here, but she says that the Banshee is short in almost every story, between one and four feet tall. And these kind of descriptions go along with her being really old, you know, old kind of short woman. And they may also say that because she's a fairy creature, so it kind of supports that idea that she's, you know, small little fairy. Very in the same context as before, yes. again. <laughs> also, fun fact about the woman Lady Fanshawe, completely irrelevant, but she was an English cookery author, and her recipe for ice cream is thought to be the earliest recorded in Europe. Wow. It dates back to 1665 under the title, Icy Cream. Icy Cream. God bless. Icy Cream. Icy Cream of green. <laughs> That's so funny, because I went for Icy Dead People. And you went for Louis Armstrong. If she doesn't fancy looking like a woman that day, it said she could also take the form of a crow, a hare, or a weasel. One hare. A hare. One specific. One type of hare. Also, my god, I wish I could do that. Imagine just being like, I don't feel very good today. Might just become a weasel for a bit. You do that anyway. Oh, cure. These animals are likely chosen because they're associated with witchcraft in Ireland. Despite her being described in different ways, it doesn't really matter because most people don't actually see her. They just hear her wailing and the cry of the spirit is heard by a member of the family when there's about to be a death. Sorry, are Banshees Irish? Yeah, I said that at I, the beginning.
1: Did you? Yes. I was not present. Yeah, Irish folklore. Right, I was just staring off into the abyss then, I suppose. That was one of the first sentences I I was I like, said. why on earth are the Irish witches coming into this? Sorry. Irish wristwatch. Irish Irish, wristwatch.
0: Yeah. (laughs) While this is massively haunting, you know, her singing and wailing, it can also be helpful because apparently the banshee wails, you know, when death is predicted, but apparently it can also happen when you're about to enter a dangerous situation. So you would know that, like, you might die if you hear a wailing woman. Despite this, there are only a few incidents where a banshee has cried out for someone who's in perfect health in a safe environment but apparently these people later died in a freak accident. Oh, damn. One fun piece of info, <laughs> is, anything fun? That, is that many people believe that you will only see the Banshee if you have a surname of many Irish families, such as O'Neill, O'Connor, O'Brien, and O'Grady. The O'Brien family were said to be frequented by a Banshee known as Evil, spelled E-E-E-V-U-L, but a bit too close to comfort. And this particular Banshee was like a big boss Banshee, And she had 25 other banshees that followed her around wherever she went. Wow. And that name is part of my family, so I might just ask him if they've seen 26 banshees recently. Hey, uh, weird question. Yeah? Uh,
1: This might be incorrect, but have you seen
0: 26 banshees recently? The great O'Donnell family banshee had a rock that would overlook the sea and she would cry not just for one death in the O'Donnell family, but for every misfortune that had happened to them, or potentially will happen in the future.
1: Oh, could you be asked? You'd never put your name in the lottery, would you?
0: Nobody really knows why the Banshees followed these families so closely. Most people think it's because she just wanted to bring misery on them with their constant wailing. <laughs> Others think that she was like a friend of the family, but, you know, I, we don't know for sure. In different parts of Ireland, it's said that her wails sound different with the sound varying from low, pleasant singing to a shrill that shatters glass. But you can hear it from miles away regardless. Also, she visits at night, but it's reported that a few times she's come at noon. You know, when a like nighttime schedule is packed. Just spruce it up a bit. Yeah, just you know, spice it she's up. She's got to, like, things to do, but she has to wail. When she leaves, some people report hearing a fluttering sound, like a bird, as she exits the area in a cloud of mist. Also, a little piece of info that I think is super fun is the concept of a banshee chair. So if you're in Ireland and you come across a, a wedge-shaped rock, it's thought that that's where a banshee would sit and cry about all of the misfortunes in the world while she's waiting for a death to a be attended to. A
1: what? Shaped rock? A wedge-shaped rock. Wedge? Yes.
0: okay. That's where she sits and cries while she's waiting to cry about something specific.
1: I think I already am a banshee, I'm not gonna lie. You might be. I spend a good 90% of my time sobbing.
0: Well, now you know. So I could freak people out as well. Yeah. Win-win. Dye your hair red. Go to the countryside. And just scream. And just scream. Scream and cry and sit down.
1: Sounds perfect.
0: Yeah, you, you already do all of those things regularly. <laughs> but that's the Banshee. Also, if you like the Banshee, there's a couple of, like, sister stories we could talk about another time. People that are more evil than the Banshee, but kind of similar. Ooh. But I didn't want to clog up this episode you want to do the scare scale? Indeed. How scary are
1: oh, banshees? I'm going to say pretty scary. Like, four. I don't want someone screaming and crying near me. In general. Let alone if I can hear it from miles away. How dangerous? Well, they're not, are they? None. They're not dangerous. They're How just, likely? They're just having a cry. How likely is it that someone screams and cries?
0: No. How likely <sighs> is it that banshees are a real thing? Mmm. In the sense of, like, a fairy that screams and follows you around? A one and a half.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so I banshee. I think there's, well, for the ideas, I think that it's probably just women screaming and crying. Or, like, a way to, like, ward your children away from doing stupid things that can endanger their lives and be like, oh, you know, if you go down to the moors unattended... You might hear a banshee, and it'll be the most frightening, scary scream you've ever heard in your whole life because you are going to die.
0: Then your kids would be like, "I am just not
1: going to do it." It's a
0: couple of ideas. Is that some people think that it's actually barn owls? The noise that feels like we're
1: kind of clutching at straws a bit. Well, because of they scream. You know what else screams? Barn owls. Yeah. Just feels a bit bit too out there. I mean, I suppose it could be an owl. Why not? But uh, that many
0: of them? Do you think maybe it's just the tradition and it's just been, become folklore as a story because of the tradition?
1: Yeah, probably. Like, it could have just been um, those ladies crying mm-hmm. and screaming, possibly them becoming alcoholics and crying and screaming more. You never know, do that, you? That seems highly likely. I, as a woman, cry and scream, so... If my job was to cry and scream, I imagine I would do it more.
0: Well, there you have it. If you want Kate to scream for you, let us know. Drop us a donation. You can do that on Patreon.com forward slash MidsMagicMurder. Yeah, the next Patreon video will just be me screaming and crying. Yes, and you guys are gonna love it, I think. Also, if you want to follow us on social media? You can do that at MidsMagicPod on Facebook and Instagram.
1: On Patreon, there you see our videos. You see us telling you things. We have a coffee and a chat before every single episode. You also get 10% off our merchandise, which you can view over on mythsmagicandmurder.com. Our email is mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. On the website, there's episode 100 that you can click on. As Abby said at the beginning of the episode, tell us what you want to hear us do for our 100th episode. And there's a little referrals and submissions thing for if you have a story you want us to know about or you want us to cover something. So, I am going to tell you about brownies now. Get ready. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Tasty. You put them in the microwave, making me weep. Shut up.
1: My sources are cryptids.fandom.com, knowledgenuts.com, mythicalcreaturesguide.com, occult-world.com, and wikipedia.org. Oh yeah, with walnuts too. Let's get right into it. Unfortunately, this won't be a podcast about a widely loved snack. You continue to disappoint me. Dad? This is about the brownies of Scottish folklore. These are household spirits that come out at night while homeowners are asleep. While they're around, they perform different tasks, like chores or farming. In well, isn't
0: that fucking lovely? I know.
1: <laughs> it is. I Sorry,
0: can't remember how much you love them already. I swear. Oh, I was just so... <laughs> I have said, like, two lines about them. just <laughs> so... I would love help with
1: the chores. Anyway, in general, brownies are extremely helpful. Yay. And are more likely to help you if you're good, honest, and humble. Never mind. By that same token, they despise liars,
0: murderers, thieves, and just anyone immoral. Well, when I walk around my house, batting <laughs> my stolen pots and pans together and go, I'm the best, <laughs> they won't ever come and see me. Is that why they've never helped me out? Sorry, I think I've just become... I think I'm just in a weird mood all of a sudden. <laughs> Banging my
1: <with> stolen <laughs> pots and pans. Murdering people. <laughs> not only will they not help these people, i.e. you, apparently, they'll also actually go out of their way to prank them, possibly stealing some of their items and trashing their homes in the process. You
0: can't fight fire with fire.
1: Wrong. You Brownies fight
0: with- thieves with thieves.
1: Incorrect. Thief a thief? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Brownies don't like cats. So if a household has a cat, they'll move on to somewhere else. They can be bribed, though.
0: Um, can I ask a question? What if I stole the cat and he's a murderer? <laughs> then they'll prank you and the cat. Get wrecked, cat.
1: <laughs> Brownies can be bribed. So if you're desperate for someone to do your cleaning and organising, then you can leave out some snacks for them by the fireplace. Common meals to leave for brownies are honey, porridge, cake, milk, and of course, ale. They're presumably not too much, because otherwise you'd have a pissed brownie trying to sweep your floors. Mm. This being said, if you already have a brownie, then some of them don't like to be rewarded with food or drink for their hard work, and will actually get offended. So you better, oh. you better find out if they like it or not.
0: Leave them a little card that says, would you like a treat? Yes or, no. yes or no. Yeah. If you give them a brownie, will they consider it cannibalism? You are so stupid. (laughs) When will you let this die? I won't.
1: Normally brownies will come across a house that they really like, so they'll just stay there for as long as the owners are good people. They'll make themselves at home in the attic, cellar or woodshed. Somewhere they won't be in the way, they won't be disturbed. They don't really like to be seen by humans, which is why they come out at night, so they tend to just pick somewhere that isn't really used very much. They also travel. They're very sociable creatures, and they'll have little meetings with other brownies, which have been described as, like, little family reunions. That is so cute. I Normally, love these. I know, right? They're so sweet. Normally, it'll be somewhere desolate, like a cliff or something. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not because anything like big's going down, it's just so that humans don't see them on bother them. In terms of how they look, brownies tend to be male, described as around three foot tall, with shaggy hair,
0: and dressed in brown
1: rags or completely naked. Three foot? Yeah.
0: Oh, I don't like them quite as much. Sorry, I thought they were like, little. Like, four inches? No. At maximum, that would be a tall one. No.
1: Like they're the size like a, of a
0: medium dog. They're like a toddler. No. No, no, no. That freaks me out. Never mind. I take it back. I don't want them. Sorry.
1: They're also nearly always
0: described as being ugly. Oh. So I have an ugly toddler just walking around, sweeping and drinking my milk. And ale. And ale. I have a drunk, ugly toddler. (laughs) No. I don't need to know about your home life. I will now begin stealing, for real, (laughs) to ward them off.
1: Brownies is just a broad term, so there are some differences between different kinds of brownie. For example, Highland brownies don't have any toes or fingers.
0: What? Oh, interesting. Whereas
1: Lowland brownies have those, they just don't have any noses. They just have a hole in the center of their face. Oh, okay. And they're three-foot-tall drunk toddlers. They are experts at sneaking and hiding with literature saying they could literally turn invisible if they needed to.
0: Okay, if, if I do have one here with me, please make me never see you.
1: <laughs> it's believed that Dobby the house elf from Harry Potter was based on the idea of a brownie, specifically a Dobby brownie, like D-O-B-B-I-E, rather than D-O-B-B-Y, like his name's spelt. These are very smart, but unintentionally cause chaos. Oh, However, with real brownies, if you give them any clothes, they'll either leave because you've offended them, or they'll leave because they have new clothes now, so they don't feel the need to keep helping out. Oh, okay. Similarly, some brownies apparently get offended if their family calls them by a name or a nickname, so it's probably just best to stick to brownie. Don't call them fairy. Furry. No. Or fairy. (laughs) Fairy. Because it pisses them off. They're they do like that. They're just spirits.
0: If yeah. I say, hey, fairy, I got you a new outfit, would that give them mixed feelings? No,
1: they would just beat you up, I think. They Take the clothes and me. run. Okay. <laughs> One example of a brownie getting hump with this is the brownie who haunted Almore Burn, a river now known as Alif Burn in Perthshire. He was often heard splashing and paddling in the water, and he would go up the nearby farm every night with wet feet If anything was untidy, he'd put it in order, but if anything was tidy, he'd hurl it around and make a mess. Love it. The locals were all afraid of him and didn't even go near the road leading up from the river. One night, a man returning from the market heard him splashing in the water and called out to him, addressing him by the name Puddlefoot. To which Puddlefoot exclaimed in horror, I've gotten a name. Tis Puddlefoot, they call me. And then he disappeared forever and was never seen again. Yeah. He didn't like that. You don't really want to offend a brownie either because they can turn very similar to Boggarts, which I believe we've previously covered on Patreon. We have. Basically, they just throw things, destroy your valuables. They're generally a pain in the ass. If your brownie was previously an outdoor worker, so for example, farmers that have had brownies help them outdoors, then if a brownie is mad, they start messing with the animals too.
0: No. Perhaps
1: spoiling their milk or even Eating sheep's
0: wool. Look, there's no need for that.
1: <laughs> there's also another kind of brownie that I haven't mentioned yet, known as the orisk.
0: Urisk. What has the sheep done? Well, he's just a farmyard animal, isn't he? Yeah, he's just hanging out. There's no need to bully him. <laughs> Eat his coat. <laughs> Eat his coat. <laughs> This
1: brownie is said to have been jolly and personable, with flowing yellow hair, wearing a broad blue bonnet, and carrying a long walking staff. The Eurisk, which commonly live outside in streams and waterfalls, rather than inside homes, is less likely to offer domestic help. They prefer solitude, but around the end of the harvest become more sociable, and hover around farmyards, stables, and cattle houses. They particularly enjoy dairy and bother milkmaids constantly, who would eventually give in and provide the milk and cream they so desperately wanted. So all in all, that's the brownie. A very helpful and extremely upsettable household spirit.
0: How scary do you think a brownie is? Listen, they sound, overall, polite and kind. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that they are three feet tall. It just shocked me. And that feels very intrusive. Maybe it's because we live in an apartment building. And if there was another person in here, it would be very obvious. But overall, it's not too bad.
1: <laughs> Where would they even go?
0: He's in the tumble dryer overnight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna say like a three for scary. Yeah, is it because of how toddler-like they are? It's because they're they're like a, a grown a grown man, like creature, a man, a grown person, <laughs> Ant Man, <laughs> a grown person. But like in my house, although they do sound kind, how dangerous? One and a half. They sound more like they could be a bit annoying yeah. Right, as opposed to danger.
1: How likely is it that brownies exist? One. She hates brownies. I've never seen one, and I'm a good person. You're not in Scotland. Oh, yeah. Hmm. One and a half. <laughs> they don't only exist in Scotland, but there like, there are English brownies as well.
0: They never cross the border. Are they not even curious about it? Yeah. There's a train that goes just past. (laughs) Just past him. What other ideas do you have? Stories. Yeah. That's it. Sneaky, sneaky shorter people. (laughs) Helping out with chores. I can't think of anything else it could be.
1: That's it. Stories and sneaky short people helping out with chores. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, those seem quite likely, do you not think? What um, what ideas do you have? Well, I feel like they're obviously some kind of warning, where it's like, you'll get help if you're a good person, but if you're a bad person, they'll play a prank on you.
1: Yeah, so kind of like a, a lesson in morality. Yes. Maybe ghosts instead. Ghosts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like how some ghosts are just like poltergeists and they'll like, you know, mess with you. Mm. But some ghosts, I feel like, you know, they'd fold your laundry.
0: Fair enough. I get that. I feel like sometimes we slap, we spin a wheel and we slap a sticker on it when we run out of things. Yeah, right.
1: Aliens. Yeah. It's gotta be. <laughs>
0: uh, this could be w- winds <laughs> wheel spins, uh, alien ghost. Sorry, I didn't mean to say winds. Could be the wind, I suppose. This is the worst podcast we've ever done. Yeah, um, are you done? Well, if you liked this podcast, please head over to Spotify and iTunes and give us a nice rating. If you give us a low rating, I will come to your house, I will eat the wool of your sheep. Don't listen before bed. Listen before bed.